it's super easy to be intimidated by that and be like, there's no way I can't, these guys are posting all the time. Look at that artwork, all of that. So it's really easy to come to the conclusion of, I, sh I just shouldn't be there. to the premiere episode of season three of Awesomeology. My name is Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we are talking about myth-busting social media, which we're super excited to talk about. And before we dive in, quick little update from the team here. You are hearing a different voice. And yes, that is intentional. Your ears are working just fine. My name is Ben, and I'm the new co-host of Awesomeology. Super excited to be working with Sue on, on the podcast. Wait, pause for applause. Yay! Yay! Ben's here. <laughs> this, that, that actually is how Ben insists he enters, enters any room. Right. And that's... If there's not applause, I'll just keep exiting and coming back in until it happens. It's, <laughs> it's very tedious. tiring. It's very tedious. <laughs> Working with me is so exhausting. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, other than that, other uh, details about the show, like anything uh, awesomeology, we're, we're working through the details and learning new things and trying new things. So um, we're excited to have you all along on the journey as we continue to grow and shape something awesome in the podcast. Hence the name. Right. Right. So yes, welcome, Ben. It is exciting to have a new co-host. We wish my previous co-host very, very well, who has moved on to um, arguably a better boss. Right. Let's just like play, say that for what it is. There's no doubt about there's that. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and uh, so Vince is doing well. And uh, he, Ben is no stranger to our podcast. He was our guest several times. So he knows the ropes as well as we do, considering we made up, make up rules as we go along. Right. And that is an excellent segue to talking about the Internet, is it not? Speaking <laughs> of making up rules as you go along. Yeah, the Internet well, and social media. Right, it, right, right. So today we are talking about myth-busting some myths from social media. And I am excited about the two that I pulled out of my little brain just because they are two of my favorite that seem to be seem to swirl in the ether of things that I hear from people. So let's jump in. The first myth I want to bust is uh, you don't need to do anything on social media ever. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> There are people that believe that, right? There are definitely people that believe that. And it is interesting because that is possibly true right. for some people. Right. It is absolutely possible that you don't need to do anything on social media. It's now, certainly possible. as people who um, put food on the table for other people doing social media... <laughs> We're likely going to argue that point a little bit. <laughs> They're all wrong. <laughs> Get it together. Um, but there is, I think, where that myth sort of originates from is this idea that they people can't see, you know, maybe people, especially running like, I think, tiny businesses can't 
haven't taken the time to look at what the benefit would be to doing something super, super basic and doing a, I guess what you could refer to as a maintenance level Instagram or Facebook or just really whatever works for their particular audience and having something out on the internet purely to be able to let people see who you are, where you are, and let them know you are open and doing business. I think that's the minimum for sure that social media can do for you. Right. And if you, you know, not everyone has to be, definitely not everyone has to be a, a Wendy's or a Kentucky fried chicken or some of these big brands that are, you know, really active and somewhat notorious on social media. But the fact is that if your consumers are my age or Ben's age or the people younger than Ben, <laughs> there is a certain subset of consumers who the first thing, if they're looking, if they hear your name, the first thing they're going to do is Google you. And if they can't find evidence of you anywhere, then you're not, you're probably that not getting their money. Right. <laughs> yeah. That could be a problem. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the, uh, maybe one of the, um, origins of this myth and using your example of the tiny business, right? The tiny business person, maybe if it's a one person operation or limited help beyond that. Right. I think that sometimes the, um, reason for believing this myth is simply just a lack of time to have any understanding of it, right? As mm -hmm. soon as you start thinking about social media, the other examples you gave, you, you start seeing things like Wendy's and Quick Trip and all of these, you know, great examples of um, people doing it and standing out and really making a, a brand and a presence for themselves on social media. So it's super easy to be intimidated by that and be like, there's no way I can't, these guys are posting all the time. Look at that artwork, all of that. So it's really easy to come to the conclusion of, I, sh I just shouldn't be there. You know, right. I can't compete with that. And you know, there's some partial truth to that. Like, yeah, you probably can't compete with that and that's okay. That's the thing. But then back to your point, um, the risk that you run with that is that, you know, zero discoverability for that potential new customer, client, member, whatever it might be. Right. So, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to go ahead and yeah. bust this we're, one yeah. super quick. We are definitely going to bust. We are going to, I am calling it 99% busted. Right. Because yeah. I do think there are businesses that can live a pretty healthy life as long as they're putting together their Google page. Like sure. They have to, you have to be somewhere. Right. They have to be able to find you. And if we can't find you, then... You know, I, I hope you have great word of mouth because, right. yeah. <laughs> because that's going to be, be your bread and butter. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting and kind of funny, the idea of word of mouth, right? Um, but the, the truth though, is that there are plenty of businesses that absolutely thrive on that word of mouth, small town feel, uh, those, you know, that tight community of, uh, patrons that they have and, and you can, you, that works, that mm -hmm. works and that's okay. It's just those, those are pretty rare exceptions to the right. general rule of you need to be findable online and elsewhere. So, right. Right. And all of that, anytime you're thriving and I, I don't want to say this to panic people, 
But anytime you're thriving, I think it benefits businesses to think of that as a temporary situation. You don't know when that that thriving ends. Mm-hmm. When you know your customer base. You know, you think about uh, thinking about Wisconsin Rapids, and I I hate to invoke the specter of that paper mill in Wisconsin Rapids, but to to say you know we're thriving, we have this great we have this great word of mouth, and then a big employer like that is gone then, you know, you can very, very quickly stop thriving. Right. So, so mostly busted, 99% busted. Right. But we're willing to give, we'll grant you there's some possibility. It's a very scientific conclusion we just came to. Yes. Mostly busted. (laughs) Boom. Awesome. Okay. Well, great segue into my first myth that I brought, which was you should only try to get fans and followers that will become customers. Ooh. Right? Good oh, one, right? That, I, you know what? That hurts me on the business level. And it also, as a human being who wants everyone to love me, that hurts me <laughs> on that level too. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just think, um, you know, you can't help but think like that, especially if you've seen any proof of a follower becoming a customer, right? It's really easy to get sucked into and maybe even almost borderline addicting to think that's the way we need to do things now. Like, and that's going to be a main source of new prospects or leads or whatever for me. If you've seen any instant success with something like a social media audience. So, um, while sure that might be ideal is to turn every follower, every person that sees you on social media or online anywhere into a customer, uh, so many benefits to put content out there and have your message also invite people that you know aren't going to be a customer at least right now and maybe even ever because we know that those people also talk to other people that may become your customers they're connected there are other businesses um, there may be even competition so um, it's there's lots of reasons why you could make the case to talk to people that you know, you might never see a dollar from or right. sell that ebook or get them to read that thing, you know, whatever it is. So. And do you think maybe, Ben, that if you start this really aggressive strategy uh, of we have to be talking only to our customers and it's all about conversions, that you get this funnel mindset and that affects the quality of what you can put out there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <area>. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Good talk. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really think, it, you, again, it's just one of those like traps that you can fall into with social media or sales, right? Is um, you stop looking at an audience or a potential customer or a follower as a person, you know, and um, you go into that, you know, funnel mentality, let's call it. Can we trade? We should probably trademark that. Yes. I'm sorry. That's ours now. And yeah. we are, we Let own the that. record show. Funnel mentality. <laughs> but, you know, it, and of course, from a, you know, healthy sales department or whatever, thinking, you know, whether it's sales funnel or sales flywheel, whatever. Uh, I've never heard of the flywheel. That sounds flywheel. way more dangerous than a sales funnel. Yeah, certainly more dangerous and a lot faster pace. <laughs> yeah, no, um, whatever it is that, uh, is guiding your strategy. Um, 
all good stuff. But uh, you, you have to remember that the things that go into the funnel are are people at the end of the day, you know, and uh, it's really important to make sure that uh, that your content speaks to more than just that ideal person that's going to wind up making a purchase right. from you. Right. Well, and particularly, I think we're seeing this, you know, certainly I think it's increased really, really rapidly over the last year, but we were seeing this trend of people being on social media and people at human beings in general, being more interested in who your brand is, what your brand, not what your brand sells, but what your brand does and your brand's values and how you're, how you're contributing to your local community, to the world as a whole. And if you, there are so many businesses, some of our businesses we work for included that you're not, they're not making that, they're not putting that story out there because they're so focused on conversions, on getting customers. And so you're not talking about the, I don't know, the collection for the food pantry or the thing that you did for you know, an individual family. So I, I really don't need to make, <laughs> tell you examples of charity, but here's what I'm doing <laughs> that, you know, and it's really, those are the stories. Those, those kinds of stories are the things that make people buy from a business. Like seeing an ethical business is where people want to be, not right. someone who is using marketing mind tricks to get them to, you know, to reel them in and get them in the funnel as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, just to look at this fairly and objectively before we uh, debunk this myth, because uh, we are scientists, right? Right. This and is a very scientific method. But we can also partially them. debunk it. Right. So we have that. <laughs> yeah. There, there is, you know, there's no denying that there is a case for the the marketing mind trick, right? And the uh, the promotion that is just for that, straight up impulse purchase, whatever the strategy is behind it, you know, and, uh, and, and that works and there's times that that works and that's okay. But you, you just can't forget about this whole other group of people that, um, that aren't your customers that are talking to people that could potentially be your customers or maybe just aren't your customer right now. I mean, and that's one of the, you know, greatest, uh, mysteries or challenges of marketing is how we can wrap our heads around what it's, um, the value uh, in talking to someone that's going to, going to eventually become your customer and you maybe just don't know it yet or you can't prove it, can't quantify it, right? It's that, uh, that high schooler that you're planting the seeds for when they finally become a home buyer or finally go to college or whatever it might be. Um, so just because you can't measure that thing uh, super accurately doesn't mean that it's a thing that you shouldn't do. Right. And the thing I'm talking about is right. talking to non-customers on social media, which I'm, I'm calling it busted, man. Busted. Are we going 100% busted on I that say one? 100%. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Bold, but let's do it. Yeah. Well, like I said, very scientific method today. Extremely. So we got to make, we got to make a statement. Just if you just want to move those beakers over there and oh. then we can get the next the solution. I don't know. <laughs> Science terms. Uh, okay. So speaking of audience and uh, sort of along that flavor and actually echoing directly back to my first one. So first myth we mostly busted was you don't have to be on social media 
And now I'm going to flip the script (laughs) and say, I'm going to bust the myth that you have to be on social media. Mm. You have to be everywhere. Mm. Mm. And you're not doing social media unless you are tweeting at a quick trip level. (laughs) And if you are not, if you are a business person who is not paying attention to quick trips, Twitter, check it out. Right. Because that is, I mean, they've got game for sure. So good. Yeah. So good. So as you said, one of the things you said was it it can be really intimidating to look at those big businesses and say, I can't even play in that space. And then to have people telling you, well, you've, you've got to play in that space. You have to figure that out. You have to get out there and do it because that's the only way, you know, that's the only way you're going to get customers now is social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am going to let me spoil the spoil the ending of this and say, I'm going to partially I'm going to mostly bust this one. Yeah. But. There's some truth. But only a grain of truth <laughs> in needing to be there. I think you have to coming back to that idea that you have to you have to be findable, you have to be discoverable. Uh, what you, what you, if we put quotes around have to do as a business is you have to understand who your audience is that you want to talk to. You have to have something to say to them. And then you have to find the right place to go for that. You don't have to go on every, you don't have to go on every platform. You don't have to take your teenagers advice and hurry up and get on TikTok. You don't, you know, all of those things that I think you can find, you literally can find quote unquote advice. If you said, you know, if your brother-in-law's accountant said to you, you have to be on TikTok right now, you could go Google, do I have to be on TikTok right now? And you could find advice for, and you could find advice against. The most important part is to know who you need to talk to and what you need to say and then find them on social media. So I think a lot, a lot of the businesses we talk to and in the businesses we promote ourselves, Facebook seems like this really nice natural place because it has, it still has the lion's share of the market. Right. And it has certain, it has certain uh, of those audiences, certain demographics are growing on Facebook, even as everyone's saying you have to get on TikTok and if you, you have to get Gen Z. And depending on your business, you don't not have to get Gen Z. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just such a nice, uh, Facebook to me is such a nice sort of starter social media because it really is the spot where you can reach almost everyone. Um, Gen Z is still using Facebook. We have a growing audience of baby boomers on Facebook. And then everyone in between those numbers just keep growing and growing and growing and the market share just keeps getting bigger. And it supports a lot of ways of getting your message out. So it supports advertising, if that is what your strategy is, it supports 
um, really long form posts. If that is what, you know, I'm thinking of like a Pensy Spices is the mm. one I think of like super long for nobody else is posting like that. Right. Um, it supports images, it supports video, you know, just everything that you might be able to easily and organically do and bring to social media. Facebook can support it in some way. Now, are you always going to reach the people you want to reach in an organic way? Nope. Right. And you probably need to use, you know, you probably have to pay, uh, just like every other advertising, you probably have to pay to play in that sandbox. But are you, are you going to get a nice cross section of people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, when you start looking at, well, if you have Facebook, you have to do this other thing. You have to do, you know, when we talk to, when we talk to people, we often say a nice natural place to go from Facebook is Instagram because they're really closely connected. It's really easy to cross post. All of that stuff is great. But the truth is Instagram is this whole different beast. Right. And if you don't have a strategy, this is fun because I'm looking at you right now and like preaching exactly <laughs> what we preach to other people and you're agreeing with me, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome thank you but if you don't have if you don't have a strategy for instagram which is which relies on beautiful eye-catching images then just back away slowly like nobody's you're not hurting anybody's feelings if you can't play in that space right if you don't have a strategy for twitter that relies on the kind of uh like really sharp writing that twitter calls for just you know, don't, or, you know, we, there's a place for putting yourself in some of these spaces, Twitter, Instagram, where that is not your, uh, that's not your A game, right? Where you can bring something to it. You can be there for people. But if you're not going in those spaces with your A game, don't expect that to be where you get most of your leads. Right. I think the conclusion that we've, that we're coming to here is you should do things that you're prepared for, that you have the strategy for, that you have the time and talent, whatever it is that you need to do that and do it well, uh, especially if it aligns with uh, a target market and things like that. Not necessarily a reason to completely stay away from these other channels, right? Especially, you know, the example you gave of Facebook and Instagram, there's sometimes where just posting the same exact thing on both of them might make perfectly logical sense. So why not be in both mm -hmm. places? You know, at the same time though, you can't do that with everything. And it's not, um, it's not best practice to just post everything that you post on Facebook, on Instagram. Right. So, um, knowing the space, knowing the audience that's in that space is super important. Um, and it doesn't mean that it has to be absolutely perfect every time either. So I think we're, we're making a case for, you may be able to steer on the side of being in some places that you're, um, you know, not crushing or, you know, it's not, uh, you're not doing 100% the right way. It's okay to start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe baby step into those places and then shift your content to your message around to uh, exactly that channel or that audience. But if that gives you any hesitation, any pause, or you're not ready to take those baby steps, or maybe most importantly, if you don't ever see yourself doing those things the right way uh, or developing a strategy around it, then just don't stay in your time. lane. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to say like, you know, so that's, rude. yeah, it's so rude. It's so harsh. I don't mean to sound so harsh, but seriously, like it's okay if all you do is Facebook and you just do Facebook really well, 
do Facebook and do Facebook really well. It's all yeah. right. I'm going to test out a football analogy on you here. Oh boy, here we go. So like if, if you can bring your varsity team to Facebook, right? Yeah. And they're playing, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost losing my analogy because <laughs> I'm so excited to give a, a part-time football coach's <laughs> analogy. You bring your varsity team to Facebook and you send the JV to Instagram. The point is that that JV team is learning and growing. Exactly. And moves into varsity. Love it. Thank you. Nice job. That's well not bad, right? No, that was good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Just send the JV team to the Wolves. <laughs> it's fine. They'll be fine. They'll be okay. They'll be better because of it. No, it's, <laughs> it's a great analogy. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. So are we? do we need to clarify our status of that myth? Is it officially busted it, or it we... is officially i think it's officially busted okay you don't okay. have to be everywhere you don't have to be there unless you know what the heck you're doing got it that's Agreed. just good life advice right. if you don't know what the heck you're doing <laughs> just please stop stay home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well as you were going through that myth um there were a couple times you were almost spoiling my last one spoilers i'm so glad that i you kept moving because mine was, um, the last one I have is, only young people use social media. And so going back to the last one that we talked about, and you talked about some demographics and audiences growing and stuff like that. I set you up. You just oh, you set me up and I'm just spiking it down right now. So perfect. But uh, I bust all the way on this one for sure. Um, only young people may use certain social media much more than other demographics for sure TikTok, the example that you gave right but we also know that there is plenty of grown bleep adults that are <laughs> that are on TikTok too so uh, and the same thing goes for each of them right um you know facebook is the one that you know we're definitely seeing older demographics continue to you know come on and, and interact and engage more and more there so um, that's definitely not a space that's only for young people, for sure. And depending on which young people you're talking to, they might um, say that Facebook is for air old quotes, people. old people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, that, and that's just another thing that uh, depending on the time that you have to completely understand it and um, the time that you have to actually post and engage and develop a strategy around social media, you can pay attention to your demographics and see who you're talking to, you know? And so, um, you might go in with some assumptions, uh, you might go in with some goals for the kind of people that you're trying to target, but that can all change, uh, really quickly, um, based on how your message is received and how it's shared and stuff like that. And you might find something quite different than what you had initially thought. And we're, we're seeing that, um, you know, across every channel that um, this whole thing of social media, which, I mean, it's so interesting to think back to um, when it all kind of started and how it wasn't that long ago, right? In the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things, um, how it's really changed and how I, I think we're at a point now where sure, there's certainly still some people that are just, you know, anti devices, anti social media, and they're, they're not, they're not there, you know? Um, good for them. Somehow they've found a way to stay off of it. Right. Think how but, well they must sleep. At night. God, they must sleep so well. Right. <laughs> but, uh, we know that there's not too many of those people out there. Uh, pretty much everybody's on something 
you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, you know, all these. So, right. So, um, I don't mean to end the myth busting on such an easy one, right? but I think it's a, it's an important assumption to make sure that you understand, um, you know, that, uh, if you're trying to reach out to a certain demographic and that demographic is, uh, older, um, and we don't even need to define what older is, um, it's likely that they're somewhere on social media. Right. And so understanding where they might be and then developing a strategy around that's really important. Yes. I have so many thoughts on that. Number one, I want to say, especially in the credit union space, that is the thing that I think, uh, I mean, and, and not to date myself, but being able to remember being in the credit union movement at a time where people are like, eh, do we need a website? <laughs> to watch, you know, that, that has certainly evolved, but there, there's still a lot of people holding on to that myth. And I think part of what makes them cling to it, circling back to something you said about, you know, those single person shops and, you know, not, not really being able to see how you can manage that. But I think in a lot of those spaces, people cling to the idea that, you know, our audience isn't there and it's only for young people. So we don't have to do anything with it because there's this unspoken thing of once we start doing something with it, we have to manage it. And what if people, what if people say mean things to us? <laughs> right. Um, and I can personally attest that if people say mean things to you, you just take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> you thank them for their input <laughs> and you just keep moving on. Right. And I think it's, it's really easy to make that excuse and say, well, those aren't the people we're talking to. So I just don't need to do anything with it. Yeah. The other thing that is coming to my mind, talking, speaking of this myth that only young people are using this spot and they're not using that spot, whatever. If you have not seen Manny Patinkin and his wife on TikTok, actually Manny Patinkin and Henry Winkler just got TikTok. <laughs> And these <laughs> are some of the most delightful things in the world. <laughs> so those are some great examples of people who are older and using social media to great effect. Right. <laughs> there we go. Busted. Busted. Big time. So that was just four. That, that was, was just four, four myths. Right. And there are a lot more myths. So many more. And that is why we are excited. We actually probably could have done this at the top and then repeated it. It's fine. These are show notes. I don't need to give them out <laughs> loud. Uh, but we're excited because we have an event coming up on the 9th of February. Yeah. We have a free virtual event. And we have been doing sort of piloting and trying, just like we're trying out some things on the podcast. We're trying out some things in virtual meetings. Um, we're doing thing, a thing called Connections. And in our Connections event, which are free and casual and very fun. And we invite the people that we think would like to just get together and talk. Um, we are going to talk about myth busting social media there and get some, we're asking people as they are registering, tell us some of your myths, some, tell us some of the things that you believe to be absolutely true. And maybe we're not going to get to bust those. Maybe we're going to say, yep, you are right. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> or we don't know. <laughs> right. But it's that's going to be a really fun conversation 
February. Did I say ninth? You said ninth. I said ninth. Yes. That seems accurate. And ten o'clock, and we will make sure to include a link with the show on the blog so that you can register for that if you're interested. That's going to be a fun time. Yeah, and for sure. Everyone is welcome from from anywhere. Right. Yep. Think of it as time at the virtual coffee shop, just talking about right. myth busting social media. Right. Super casual. Very casual. Awesome. Excellent. So we cranked through it. We had four. We don't want to spoil any more. Let's move to wrap up. So we would like to leave you every time we sit down to visit with just a little something to check out, some recommendation, nothing super, super formal, because I think you'll find there's not a lot formal about this podcast. So we have, we're just going to bring you a couple things that we have seen in the universe, books, blogs, podcasts, videos, movies, TV, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and my recommendation, and I'm going to pull out, I'm going to cheat because I had to Google it to make sure I didn't get it wrong. My recommendation is if you have not seen it, look for the video of youth poet laureate Amanda Gorman reading her poem, The Hill We Climb. She read it at the inauguration, and not, this is not a political statement, but it was a beautiful poem. She's a promising young poetess. Um, promising young human being, my goodness. Yes, right? <laughs> and it, is, it, was, it made you feel really great as, a, as an American and brought so much hope, and it was, it was quite lovely. So check it out. The Hill We Climb, Amanda Gorman is the poet. And it is only everywhere on the internet. Right. If you like, if you see a meme of Bernie Sanders sitting in a chair with mittens, turn left and you will see Amanda Gorman. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I super highly recommend. It was amazing to watch. And I, I mean, if you can listen to it, listen to it for sure. But if you can catch a video of it for sure, uh, check out the video. And I'm honestly even curious to watch it on mute because her her hand gestures her i mean the way she tells a story with her body as she right. is reading the poem is just amazing you know so i don't think i'm actually going to take myself up on the offer to watch it on mute because i just know how good it is to actually listen right. to it too but um seriously a, a excellent uh, listening and uh visual experience too she did a fantastic job unreal yes and 22 years old yeah right yeah yeah, let's not talk about what we were doing at 22. Let's, yeah, probably not. Yikes. And fun fact about that, the ring that she was wearing, this is the thing I heard in an interview, um, was, a, was a caged bird in honor of Maya Angelou. Wow. Which I thought was cool. That's cool. Yeah. And it also was about the size of my fist. <laughs> so it was very hard to miss. Right. She was ready for anything. Right. That's it. That's it. That's my recommendation. All right. Do you have one? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, that one, like, there. I think people, so your half of that recommendation should be after you have watched that video, like, just go and sit and be quiet mm, right. for a minute and think about it. Yeah. Because it took everything out of me when I watched that. For sure. No, I mean, you know, really, though, you, that's, <laughs> I don't know if you're 
kidding or not, but seriously, um, I think that that's a thing that not to be super prescriptive, but a thing that we could all use right now is, um, some time to just sit and absorb some things. Right. I feel like when everything COVID started, there was this great pause that everybody was talking about. And I don't know if I ever experienced that pause. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe now that we're far enough into this thing and maybe we're feeling the light at the end of the tunnel, why not use an awesome opportunity like Amanda Gorman's speech to uh, soak that in and then just pause just for a second, pause. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll try and take my own medicine on that one. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. That's the thing to talk about someday uh, because as one as a group of people who just kept working right you know just shifted everything and we're like mm. and and you know some of us like oh what if we worked more hours right <laughs> yeah. there's an idea <laughs> all right well sue all mentioned right. some show notes yes so as uh as usual if we have anything to share we will share it below. So I know for sure we're going to share a link so that you can register for connections and some social media coming up on, we're still saying February 9th, <laughs> but you'll know when you hit that link, if that's right. Um, and we have, we have an article with some more myth busting yes. social media stuff that we can share and anything else. And maybe, maybe I'll also be really proactive and find a link to that video of Amanda Gorman and, Cool. Then you can check that out. And then a meditation app. And then that will just be the total package for people. Perfect. All set. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in. This is Sue and Ben, your self-proclaimed professors of awesomeology, reminding you that life is awesome if you make it awesome. We'll see you next time.